going. We're alive. Right now? Fire away. You said you're going to start. No, you're starting. I'll do the disclaimer. <laughs> well, this is how it goes. This is a podcast. Uh, it's called Recovered AF. Um, we talk about recovery a lot, 12-step recovery. Um, but Kyle wants to make an important disclaimer before we get further into that. Yeah, hey, what's up? Uh, we do this disclaimer every time. Uh, we are not affiliated in any way with any 12-step organization. Those organizations don't have spokespeople or representatives. They did. They wouldn't pick Aaron or I to do it. So um, we always just like to make that clear, uh, especially if we're going to have a guest and we're going to talk about some recovery stuff. We always just like to make it clear we're not affiliated with them. This is just my experience, Aaron's experience, and our guest's experience. Um, That doesn't mean we're doing it right and anyone's doing it wrong or vice versa. We are just sharing our own experience as it relates to recovery and whatever else comes up. So... Aaron, why don't you introduce our guest today? Okay, thanks. So our guest today is uh, our guest today. His name is Rhett, and I was telling Kyle, uh, I was telling Kyle on the way over here how I remember meeting Rhett. There was a there was a Saturday morning group, and then somebody was going to be somebody was going to be um, new there, and they were coming from Gillette, and they were looking. And I don't, I can't remember how it was all, but I was supposed to keep an eye out, or we were supposed to keep an eye out for the new guy coming coming down from Gillette, and. Uh, and I was telling Kyle, and he walked into the meeting, and he was carrying a big book. Big book, and so I was like, "Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I know uh, this is good news." My so, people, yeah, that's right. Yeah. W- welcome, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for get- thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. I have a slight cold, so yeah. bear with me. Absolutely, right on. I'm glad to uh, have you on. We uh, we always love guests that are. I don't want to use the term thumper, but are doing the work and, and you have a meeting here in town. We'll probably talk about it at some yeah, point that's sure. kind of really outlined in the, in the book and focused on the literature, which is awesome. Yeah, so, absolutely. uh, usually where we kick this off with all of our guests is just in, when were you originally introduced to the 12 step world? I, you know, the first time I ever was, um, Went to a meeting. I had gotten in trouble. I can't even remember what it was for. I got, I don't remember the, no, I know what it was. It was during Frontier Days about, it was, this was probably 15 or 20 years ago. And I got sense. in some trouble and yeah. um, the judge said, you got, you know, he sentenced me to X amount of meetings. And I, you know, I, at then I had known that drinking was a problem. I mean, the first time I ever drank, I remember that next day I woke up and was like, I knew I had done something I should, like, not that I cared that it was illegal, but I just knew that, like, maybe on a metaphysical level, I'd done something that was, I shouldn't have done. Like You had opened Pandora's box. I opened Pandora's <laughs> box. I, remember, I still remember feeling that that next day. Like, I just was like, man, this is, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so, you know, if it, if that was probably five or who knows, I don't even know. That was quite, quite some time between then and my first introduction to AA. And I, of course, went to meetings and... You know, I didn't know what was going on. I, you know, I saw these older people and, you know, I guess, but it was good because I guess in some way it implanted in me that, it, that this was kind of the way that the way out, I suppose. And, you know, for a long time after that, I kind of flirted with the program. I, things would get really bad. I'd, I'd come in. I would, I never got a sponsor. I, did, I didn't really know how any of that worked, yeah. I guess. And I don't know if I wasn't listening or people weren't saying it. So, um, I guess, my my ethos now is I try to talk like a real positive and hopeful message. That way, somebody does hear what they need to hear. That's why I like that's my kind of guiding ethos in the program. But anyways, back to that like 
things were just not good. Um, I, again, I would come into the program, I'd maybe get two or three months of sobriety, then I'd go back out and it would just be, you know, of course, lots of drinking, lots of drugs. And as we all know, those things, I mean, they do really truly get progressively, mm -hmm. I don't I should say regressively worse and worse. I mean, they, you know, and to where, to where it's all consuming. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, I had a lot of flirtation with the program and, um, but again, I, I just didn't ever, I didn't ever, you know, do any of the work or certainly do anything I was supposed to or do, do anything that I'm doing now, I would say. Yeah. Hmm. So how long was it then before you, uh, how long was it before, like, the time maybe when you first experienced, or what changed for you? I, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question. What I'm, what I'm trying to get to is how it went from, okay, okay. I'm around the program. I know, <coughs> I, you know, that some people are having some success somehow to where it was instilled into you or you got the message or you were willing to go through the work. Like, what transpired between, mm. you know, your yeah. introduction to where you found out, you know, you tell you recovered, like what, Oh yeah. What was sure. that progression like? Or well, what, what so happened to make that happen? I guess to really briefly tell the story is that, you know, I was of course drinking, I was partying, I had gotten into real estate and started to make quite a bit of money. And then I had, um, for I, whatever reason I was, I, you know, I remember one night I was at a hospital one night, I had a cocaine related seizure huh. and I go in there and, um, the doctor prescribes me opiates. Huh. <laughs> so I, I nothing against them. I, you know, I, it's, I think he was just trying to do the best cause I had dislocated <laughs> the shoulder. And then from that, from that point on, I got wildly addicted to heroin. And that is a weird step to take though. <laughs> Let me give you this much more addictive drug. Yeah. Well, I remember thinking, seizure. cause I was like, you know, I was, I was certainly drinking and doing a lot of cocaine. And I remember, I, I remember, you know, it's funny. You remember these thoughts you have throughout life that always stick with you. And I remember that like maybe several days after I was taking these pain pills, I thought, you know, I can, I can be high and nobody will know. Yes. Whereas when I'm, whereas when I'm drinking yes. and doing cocaine, I mean, I was doing so much cocaine. I just start to twitch every time I do it. And yeah. it was just, I just want to go sit in the bathroom by myself. And yeah, that's all I was doing was drinking. I just, I didn't want to be around people cause it was just, I was so, I could not be in public. Yes. So I, th I found this thing and I was, you know, I, and of course I didn't quit drinking or doing cocaine or anything like that. I mean, it didn't like, <laughs> but, but the, but the opiates kind of gradually took over and I, I probably did drink and do cocaine less, I would say, yeah. just because those things really don't mix, but, um, things got really out of control. Again, I, I had gotten involved in real estate. I was actually fairly successful. So I had quite a bit of money coming in and it was like, when you're, when you're living like that and you when you're doing well on the outside, I think sometimes people will write off maybe some of the really erratic forms of behavior or, mm -hmm. you know, how terrible you look or hmm. the things you're doing or saying. And, um, you know, to make a long story short, I ended up, it was, it was a real blessing in disguise, but I ended up getting arrested on drug charges. And that was really, you know, like a, a serious wake up call. Cause it was like, man, like this is, I, I, I had always kind of figured that was going to happen. And when it did, it was like, a relief in a sense because it was almost like a way to start over for me and fast forward through I don't know three or four years I, I knew that when I got out like AA was or NA whatever 12-step program was going to be the way I was going to do this right I knew mm -hmm. that that was it and it was really impressed upon me that I remember one time I was in a federal prison in Minnesota and I they had this like makeshift meeting there and it was like NA it was whatever and there were these two older guys and they were just like they knew I was getting out soon and they were just like, they begged me. They were just like, whatever, the first thing you need to do when you get out is go 
to a meeting and find a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And, and that really stuck with me. And I, I remember, I remember those guys and I, I owe them a debt in many ways yeah. because they were really, I mean, they implored me that they were just, they begged me to go. They literally begged me to go do that when I got out. And I did, I got to a halfway house in Gillette. And, uh, I remember I walked into a meeting that one night and, um, I, it was, you know, you're just, you're fresh. You, you've been locked up for several years. Things are weird. I mean, you, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you just like, it was bizarre. And, you know, I, I ran into a guy that was a real big book thumper. His name was, uh, I, I, I'll probably just leave his name out. Just yeah. For safety's yeah. sake, that's fine. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about, too. He, he had come up there front. He had been in Colorado at some point. Is Maybe, that the same guy? I, no, this is oh, a different okay. guy. He was, he was up there. He was up in Gillette. Okay. But anyways, he had had some of the same experiences as me. And I asked him that first night if he'd sponsor me, and he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I immediately just started doing the work. I, you know, I was in a halfway house, which was, you know, it, it was not, it was just not a great situation. People were drinking in there. They were doing drugs, and it was just like, you know, I mean, it was like basically living around a bunch of dry drunks and addicts and people that were either soon to relapse or soon. I mean, it was just, it, yeah. like, it was a fairly toxic environment in right. many ways. And it was like, you know, those meetings were so helpful to me and I would go every day. And, um, as I worked in the halfway house, I would, you know, I just kind of like made, put my life around AA and, uh, you know, me and this guy, we got through a fourth and fifth step. And I remember like, um, we would meet every week and I did this fourth. It was so funny. I was thinking about like my first fourth step and I don't know if you, it was like, it was like 16 pages back and front. And it was just, like, I'll, ne- I'll never forget that day that we went to go. I went to go do my fifth with him. And it was like, I was so nervous. I was just like, man, this is all this stuff I'm going to tell this guy. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to he's gonna hate me. And then as I'm on page seven, I look over and he's falling asleep. That was such like a humbling experience. And I was just like, this shit's just boring. Mm, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, it's just boring. You have yeah. all... You know, you have all the, I was talking to a sponsor, the responsee the other day about, you know, like when you're drinking and doing drugs, you have this idea for me at least. And he did too. You're this like tortured genius, (laughs) you know, like nobody understands you and you're just just fighting against the world, you know, and it's just so stupid. It's just so narcissistic and stupid. It's just so boring. I mean, it's just so like, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. And that was like when I saw that and then I had, uh, so I got out of the halfway house and I was just like. I moved back to Cheyenne. That's when I met Jeff and I had went to a men's meeting and I, you know, I knew that I, that guy couldn't sponsor me any longer just because it was, I was so fresh. And I, I think sponsorship, at least initially, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like you should probably be in the same town or same geographic region where you can have some human contact with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. So yeah. to me, like I, I knew I, I said, he, and he agreed, he said, no, you're going to have to find a new sponsor. So I had, uh, you know, got involved with AA. I was going to a lot of NA stuff, and I had an NA sponsor for a while, and that really didn't work out. And uh, just kind of moved back to AA, and that, and you know, I, I won't say that I haven't had hard times with it or anything. And um, I think I did a temporary sponsorship thing when I was in Cheyenne, and then when I moved over to Laramie, I you know met a guy, and he's been my sponsor ever since, and it's been extremely helpful. And you know, maybe I'm condensing all this too much, and we can dive into some of this no. further, but like. That's almost like what my life feels like. It's like I've I've processed all this stuff, and it's just like like something I can I can look. I don't have to revel or live in any of this anymore. Like I don't identify with any of it. Like yeah, my do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I I'd much rather like talk about like dive into something that I think could be useful for people than like all these war. And I know you guys aren't yeah. like that, but like to me, it's like it's like I'm almost talking about another person at this point. And that's why I'm so thankful for the program is because like I truly do live like a. a 
entirely different life now mm -hmm. and I, it's normal and I, I'm just so grateful. And, um, you know, to bring it back to the sponsor thing, I've, I've just, I've been so blessed to find people that just kind of thought like me and were like me and they just showed me how to live and showed me how to work the program. And I've just, you know, I've stayed reasonable with it and done what they've asked. I haven't done everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. Certainly. I, I don't think anybody can obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's just allowed me just such a great life. I mean, I, I I'm just so thankful for everything I have at this point. So yeah. that was really the, I mean, it's like really condensed. Yeah, again, no, but, that's but it was just like, you know, extreme chaos, some really harsh consequences, some hard decisions to make. And then like, you know, seeing this program and these steps and saying, you know, this seems, you know, I can do this. Like I can, uh, you know, I think the book talks about being beaten into a state of reasonableness. Mm -hmm. And that's was, was really my experience. And I've, I've always tried to remain reasonable. And it's, again, it's opened up for me. I'm a free man. I remember that guy in Gillette told me, he said, you know, if you do this, you can go anywhere a free man goes and you can do anything a free man does. And I, that sounded appealing to me because I didn't mm -hmm. want to like, I didn't want to go hide from anything. Yes. Or like, this is not how I wanted to live and I don't yes. live that way anymore at all now. Yes. So, I, you know, it's like... Mm. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, about, you know, you know, giving us the condensed version and not identifying with that person anymore. I think, uh, I don't know, it's, it's never been spoken, but I think the reason why we start with a person's uh, introduction to the 12 steps rather than take us back to when you started drinking is because, you know, that's, I don't know, that's what also I identify with more yeah. today. Uh, yeah. Sometimes people are hardly recognizable to yeah. the, I, I can't imagine the person that Kyle or that Megan were, you know, that's his fiance were out when they were out drinking and like mm -hmm. the same for you. I yeah. can't imagine that person. Here we are in a, here we are in a, uh, a place of hired learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the big reason why we, why we originally started the podcast was to hear the stuff that you're like, I want to get into, you know, I'm a different person today is like, we've talked about this all the time is like the common narrative is like, Oh, recovery so hard and it sucks and it's a grind. And you know, like we weren't having that experience and our, the people that we're talking oh. to is like, we're talking to these people. We want to have people on that are like living life. Their lives are transformed. They're not the same guy. They're not just living in a meeting. They're not just, you know, like, Oh, I'm doing all of this. And, and then when Aaron was like, I want to get red on, I was like, hell yeah, man. Cause like we've only kind of, communicated through other people almost yeah, absolutely uh you know like i i was on the on the hotline and someone called and it was like i need to know someone in laramie and i asked someone i trust which was aaron and yeah. jeff and they were like you got to go talk to Red. Yeah. and so it was yeah. like okay guys that i know are doing the thing are saying you need to talk to this guy it's like all right well this is the guy so um i mean you're you're clearly packing into the stream of life today so like yeah he great. was saying you, you are you going to school for a doctorate now? yeah i'm getting yeah. working on my doctorate i got a year and a half left so wow yeah i got it's been it's what do you what are you getting what's your it's in marketing okay so i'll be done yeah i'll be done in a year and a half it's really crazy to wow think. yeah it's been quite a quite a journey but you know again i just uh, this is really the, the the occasions like this are nice because i think a guy can almost forget like in a, in a way like how how the blessings this program provides because it's like this stuff is just normative to me now in the sense like i you know it's like 
I'm like, oh yeah, let's just go up to my office or whatever. Like, yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> I was like, Red has, office an, has an office, office at a university. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's like, I mean, all these things that are, and it's just normative for me now. And I really kind of, I don't forget where I came from, certainly, mm-hmm. but I, because I, you know, that always, it's, it's my past. I mean, it'll be with me forever. But I, you know, sometimes I forget that, like, like. In, in, in a lot of ways, this in, in every way, really, this is all just God in the program. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I just, yeah. you know, and that's another thing, if we can dive into that, is just like how my belief and faith in God has just grown throughout the, pro, throughout the working the steps and all that. And it's really, that's also like an, an almost an entirely unique journey that has been so cool and so like something I'm just so thankful for. And I, you know, I just feel happy today. And I, I remember large portions of my life not feeling yeah. real happy and just being like, you know, like yeah. either miserable inwardly or outwardly mm-hmm. or just critical or argumentative. And I don't really feel that way anymore in a lot of ways. And I just, yeah. I really enjoy my life. And I, it's, it's, it's truly something I'm really grateful for. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking on the way over because I lived in Laramie for five years while I was still drinking. And I was telling him, I was like, I think the saddest I've ever been was like two months when I was living in Laramie right before I moved back. And it was like, my life doesn't look anything like, you know, like I'm happy. I have like a, a sense of purpose. I feel useful. Like I feel fulfilled, you know, like so every time I come into Laramie, it's like, geez, man, like I'm not even the same guy anymore. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, I know cr- that I, I yeah. know when I came back, everybody was worried when I came back and they were, you know, cause Laramie is a pretty, it's, there's, there's a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> it still is, you know. I right. mean, it's not. It's a know. college town. Yeah, it's a college town. But you know, everybody's worried. But you know, I've developed this cool little life, and yeah. uh, just you know, like mm-hmm. my experience this go around has been so much different. Right. It's, it's just it's just been wonderful. That's Honestly, awesome. It's been wonderful. Yeah. So talking about your relationship with God, yeah. are you going to ask a question? Did I cut no, you off? No, go for it, please. Are you I sure? was going to okay. segue into your meeting, but we'll oh, talk sure. to that in a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. When so when I got here, I was like angry agnostic. Kyle was like completely neutral or right or just hadn't really considered God okay. at all. Never okay. even had a thought of yeah, like a so, spiritual way of life. So in, in talking about your relationship with God and how it has progressed, what was it like when you got here? Which which of the what was your conception of God when you arrived? You know, it's really funny because I, I, it was, I just, it was very childish and it was, it was antagonistic and it was, you know, there was just a lot of like, woe is me and all this I've been through, you know, and I really wasn't like taking, now I look back and see, man, there really was a, a being that was guiding me along the way or I would have never made it to where I am. So it was antagonistic. I remember looking at the steps thinking, you know, I wonder if I can, I remember looking at a meet in a meeting being like, you wonder if I can, I want to do this program, but I wonder if I can, you know, like maybe just not do the God. I, I remember thinking that. And yeah. it's funny now. I mean, now like I converted mm-hmm. to Catholicism. I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. I, it's been quite a journey, man. Yeah, from I'll like, say. From like, uh, from eight, you know, this like, it That's was hard, but it was, but it was, yeah, but it was like, a, it was like a, uh, really naive and childish form of atheism. I think that was more grounded in just my resentments towards everything. Yeah. Really like there was no like intellectual basis for it. It was just like, it was just like, wow, the world's crazy. You know, I'm really mad at everyone. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> I didn't really think about it too hard. Like, I've been dealt a shit hand in life. <laughs> when I really hadn't. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the thing I always had too. Yeah. It's like, I, well, and for me it was just like a complete reliance on me and so anything that was going on, it's like, well, who else is going to solve this besides me? Yeah. You know, like just a total, I think, agnostic, just perspective of like, okay, I'm going to be the one that is going to f- 
figure this out. And if things get hard, I just got to try harder. You know, like the idea of like, maybe I should have some sort of relationship with a power grader was never even, it just didn't even connect. No. So then what happened is eventually, like, like you said, beaten into a point of reasonableness where I'm like, I clearly am fucking everything up. Like I cannot do this anymore. So I guess if this is what you have is a spiritual way of life, I'm open to it now because yeah. I, I feel like I've exhausted yeah, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but you know, that's where, that's where step work came. I, I remember putting those resentments down on a four step and communicating that. I mean, that's to me, the genius of some of these mechanisms is they really did allow me to process through that to where the resentments left. And then I just, I just stayed around. I, I never mm-hmm. left and kept doing the work and, you know, multiple you know just doing the work and just growing as a person and it was like it almost just co-occurred and it was just like again it's like a separate journey but it's intertwined and it's just all mm-hmm. uh, you know it's just really interesting to think about and mm-hmm. look back at and i'm just you know I, it's just it's it's a, it's enriched my life in ways that i never thought it could yeah. you, you know it's crazy I, it's funny like there's a guy here in laramie he says you know just stay sober for 10 years and have a great badass life and Geez, I got 10 years now, and it's been, I do have a pretty sweet life. Like, I'm really (laughs) grateful, you know. It's really true what he said. That's what I tell guys. Like, it seems far off, but it'll happen. Like, Mm -hmm. it just, we all know how time goes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I think that you can't, you can't disentangle that from me. The program is, I mean, it's based upon a belief in God or higher power, whatever. I mean, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. But I really feel like if you stay the course and do the work, then it will grow and evolve as you do. Hmm. like your relationship mm-hmm. or your, your conceptualization or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're talking about those resentments and manifesting outward into everything else, I was just had this realization yesterday when I was work, uh, you know, cause our book talks about them needing to be mastered and uh, I don't know, that's sort of strong language. And I was at work yesterday in a, in a situation that I didn't really care to be in, but it didn't really matter what I cared for. I was just in that, re- you know, I was just yeah. in it. And I, I just remember as much as I didn't really want to be there, I wasn't resentful towards anybody or anything about it. And it was just, a, it, it just, it, it struck me how resentful I was. And, and even up until recently and, um, how much that dominated me. And I allowed that to dominate me and to be able to exist in a world where, although I might not be happy about my situation, I don't have to experience any resentment towards it was, completely yeah, liberating you know absolutely. what i mean yeah that's absolutely. fantastic and i'm sure the people around you appreciate it <laughs> yeah, they do you have to think about it i remember years ago you, you you mentioned something about didn't the people at your work used to have a nickname for you yeah mood swing marty yeah but i remember i because when you said that i was like i know what that feels like because i was like the same way for mm-hmm. quite some time and like, i remember that's always stuck out to me because like because i i know what that feels like and it's it, it is nice to be not a burden on other people with these yeah. mood swings. It's just this outrageous behavior where you're just in a situation that everybody else is in and you're the only one. I mean, it's like you're, <laughs> you're, you're clearly suffering more than everyone. <laughs> everyone we're we're all in the same boat. You're but increasing I'm making... the suffering of everyone else or the discomfort at the very least right. just because of yeah. you know, um, selfishness or whatever. And I, I, that's always stuck to me out to me when you said that. Like, yeah. like I've always remembered that. Dude, I remember one time I'm, I'm, I'm doing the thing to Amber and I'm like, yeah, how hard it was and woe is me. And, uh, and she was like, but does everybody else that work there take those things too? <laughs> and I was like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's all working there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You're supposed to just feel Fair sorry point. for me. Yeah. You're fucking it up. Yeah. Get my back here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. So 
how did you get to, because you do, well, I guess, I don't even know how to call it. Do you want to call it a PPG meeting? I just said it. So, That's or funny. like an orthodox meeting, like a yeah. more structured, big book focused meeting. Yeah. I mean, it, it occurred because we were, um, I think some of us locally here in town were just generally unhappy with the format of the discussion meetings. We're not getting a lot out of them. And mm-hmm. we're like, let's just start this meeting. And I knew some guys in Cheyenne that were doing this meeting. And I was like, let's go check it out. It's so th- the, these guys were yeah. the ones that you had originally kind of got <laughs> they the They were, idea. yeah. And okay. then we went over and we and were like, cool. we're going to do this. And that was... That would have been April of 2014. Yeah, as a member, we came over for your like first or yeah, second one. Yeah, it was one. April because we drove over there and it was spring and we've we've been doing it like ever. It's never quit. Hmm. I mean, as you know, with meetings, especially meetings that are not like, you know, where people like, just gonna yeah. say it where people like can't come vomit their problems right. on yeah. 30 unwilling strangers. A, a group therapy <laughs> session. Sometimes the... 30 unwilling strangers. Sometimes the attendant... Sometimes we only get four or five people, but we have a core group of about 10. And it's funny. I was thinking as I was walking up here, I was like, you know, like, everybody in that meeting, like, I, I know all of them personally. Like, I'm friends with all of them. And mm-hmm. they all are, like examples of the program and work because I, I i look i know these people i know they're all happy there's a guy i sponsor who was on a on his deathbed and now i mean he was in really bad shape extremely bad shape and he's been sober for over a year now he reconciled with his wife he's wow. i mean it's just like you know we just met up yesterday and we're talking about stuff and it's just you know these these are just such like yeah just it's just so they're it's just so just such meaningful things. You yeah. Know? It's just so meaningful to see something like that. I mean, it really is. Like, you know, you think about all this stuff you go through and you put others through and you know, the only way to pay it back is to do this. In my yeah. it, that's the only way cuz you know, we all know how much misery we caused others and ourselves and mm-hmm. everybody else and I, to me that's the only way to make any sort of recompense is just to keep doing this and you know, if somebody's willing to follow do the work then you you show them how to do it and then they, it's just, that's, we all know this is how this kind of thing yeah. uh, perpetuates, but yeah. it's, it's, it's just such a meaningful thing. Yeah. I was trying to explain <coughs> this at my home group the other night of like, uh, working with others and seeing, seeing it work for them too, is like this deep reinforcement of just how powerful the 12 step world is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like, and, and I, I've had that thought before, but recently watching someone go through like a, a family member passing away or something hard going on and they just kind of walk through that with grace and you're like, holy shit, man, that is not the dude that would have done that yeah, a year ago or whatever. Absolutely. It's like this thing works whether I want it to or not. Yeah, you know? or even littler stuff like yeah. going through jobs yes. or relationship troubles or mm-hmm. anything like that. I mean, it just yeah. allows, I think, a level of grace that was just not yeah. like possible before. It doesn't mean... Everything's going to be handled perfectly, but you know that's that is one of the beauties of this is there's you know there's a mechanism if it's not handled perfectly to go yeah <laughs> to go right the wrong. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's like if you do something you shouldn't do or mm-hmm. say something it's like hey I can you know where it's I I, I know how to make this right yes. like I you know like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in that right yeah. there. So yeah, and just the like what a shame if if I wasn't working with others to see that, you know what I mean? I talk about it all the time. It's like a totally different program when yeah. you're working with someone else. Cause yeah. you, like you, I just feel like 
I would be missing out on so much if if I wasn't working with someone yeah. else to watch them do it. Because it just reinforces for me, like, oh, yeah, this thing is so... There's so much good in it, you know. I don't know how to explain it. I didn't do a good job explaining it the other no, night. You, but no, it's you just... did. You do. I mean, that's. I think you actually do a good job. And it's like, but that's also something I will tell people that when they get sober, it's like, when you, you know, everybody wants, you know, you're like, why doesn't anybody want me to sponsor them? These things just happen with time. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. It just happens with time, and a lot of there's just, you know, somebody will like hear something that you say, or they'll be introduced to you over a hot or whatever. I mean, it's like. I think people I've seen them get kind of frustrated about that. Like I want to sponsor you so bad and yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, these, it just happens with time. Yeah. So I'll tell that to anybody is just like, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. do the next right thing. And you know, the, it, it will, it'll occur. And then you're sponsoring guys or girl or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, if your ladies are listening and then they're sponsoring and it just pretty soon you got two or three and then they're sponsoring somebody. And it's just like, wow, this is really cool. Like, yeah, it's really cool. It's like, there's a lot of misery alleviation right mm-hmm. there. And yeah, exactly. I don't know. Cause you know, it's like, we're all familiar with unhappy. I'm really deep. I'm deeply familiar with what it's like to be unhappy and miserable. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I know those feelings very well. Right. So to not feel those and to help somebody else not feel those is really, uh, you know, it's just such a blessing and such mm. a gift. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if you start out, so you, you, did you move to Laramie to start going to school? Yeah, I actually, you know, that was part of the, the, part of my sentencing. The judge says, you know, you need to go finish school or get into trade school or something. And I came back and, you know, for a while I didn't know what I was doing to be quite honest. You just started taking going. Well, I I mean, I had, I, I, I had had a, um, I had had a. I, I I was about halfway through a bachelor's degree, so I did that in, in finance. Or? No, it was actually just kind of just general, okay. general liberal, general liberal arts, and um, all this stuff kind of unfolded just naturally. And I remember that's another thing I'll tell people is like I know sometimes that we we want immediate gratification. Yeah. I got to know the next. I got to know my path. I got to know what's going on. Yes. I take the opposite and I just say, look, I'm going to keep doing the right things, and it doesn't mean I don't have plans or anything like that. But these opportunities will just unfold themselves. Yes. That's been my experience because it was like, you know, when I came back, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But I knew that like, and I, I did feel some anxiety about it. But I've learned over time that, you know, as long as I keep doing what I, I'm supposed to do, living right, and, you know, opportunities will present themselves. And that's kind of how all this PhD stuff unfolded. We're, it, it's, a, it's an interesting story in itself, but that's how it all unfolded. And, you know, it's just like... I'll tell that to anybody. If you're feeling stressed or anxious or anything like that, you know, don't don't let that paralyze you, or certainly don't let it make you unhappy. I, I just strongly, strongly urge people to just again keep doing the next right thing, go to meetings, sponsor people, do the work, you know, live a good life outside of the program certainly as well, and you know, things will just present themselves. That's mm. what I would say. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. I mean, this is. Um I mean, this is basically in a nutshell why we started this podcast because we've got somebody walking out of prison, yeah. you know, with, uh, I don't know, I don't know, you know, living in a halfway house. Yeah. I imagine you didn't have a lot, a lot going on. I mean, I, you know, I, my family's always been real supportive. So I've, yeah. I've had resources and stuff. I can't say I have. I mean, right. I'm better than most people, but I, you know, it doesn't certainly lessen any of the challenges. I mean, certainly internal struggles have been on yeah. par. I mean, anybody, you know, that's, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, you're the one writing inventory. You're the one making all yeah. those amends, you know. Um, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, I have the most supportive wife in the world, but until I got off my ass and did something, there, there wasn't much she could do for I've seen, me. Because I've seen it go the other way where people have a lot of support and they just don't ever do anything. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, things never get better and they, they do get worse and worse. Yeah. They truly do. So. Yeah. Yep. And so now here you are, you know, going from that to getting your doctorate. I mean, this is this is the other narrative that we wanted to tell about recovery. You know, it's not the, the daily grind and the life is hard and I'm fighting the urge to drink on a daily basis. It's living this life of freedom and, and, uh, not, you know, I remember I had this, I had this, I had this, uh, realization my last time in recovery when I started to experience this change and that I could not, I, I could not understand a God that would have any limit on where I could go in my life. So then there would be no need to put any limit on where I, you know, the only limitations that were being put on my growth as a person or where I went were put there by me. You Absolutely. Know, this self-limiting thing. hundred <clears throat> percent. And we were just talking about this when Megan was on the show. Like for me again, I want to know the answers. I want to know what it's going to, I want to know the out end outcome before I take the first step. And we are just going back to that. I mean, it's called a leap of faith for a reason. Mm -hmm. We have to take the action. And when I'm in action, then the path gets revealed. Yeah, it does. Or it just unfolds. And it's, yeah, I mean, it just, I, I just know, I know that feeling of that impatience and that like, Oh, feeling sorry. What am I doing with my life? Mm -hmm. I've, I've felt that so many times in the last few years. It's like, geez, I'm just kind of sitting here. But then I step back. I'm like, just keep, push them forward mm-hmm. and you know it just it just good things happen it doesn't mean there hasn't been struggles or challenges of course there have been there have yep. been bad things that have happened but life you know, I, yeah life it's just life i mean you know and I, I have a way to deal with it now that is healthy and constructive instead of extremely i mean levels of self-destruction that were just you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and bounded. what a like when i'm in that headspace it's such a more peaceful place to live because like all of that other stuff like when i'm obsessing about what i'm going to do or what's going to happen it's just my sponsor always calls i've been saying this a lot it's just like this illusion of control that i'm like creating of like (coughs) okay well if i understand why i'm doing this and where i'm going and how it's going to unfold now i feel comfortable doing it but like that's the opposite what i need to do is just do it and then more will be revealed as as i just keep marching through you know what i mean like it's just and when I'm there, my mind is quiet. I'm more peaceful. I'm more useful to others. Like I'm just kind of in this flow yeah. state where things are good because I'm not spending all of these hours just obsessing about what it, what, what am I doing this for? What is, what's the end game? What is it going to look like? And yeah. yeah, that's just a nice place to, to be. And for me, it's like it kind of ebbs and flows. You know, sometimes oh, I'm, course, yeah. I'm there and it feels great. And other times I'm just completely consumed with self and my mind's, you know, but it's like, it's nice to know that there's that option out there. Well, there, there is, and I, you know, I've, I've also come to understand through, you know, getting sober and staying sober for this amount of time that, you know, I'm wired in a certain way. And I remember Mm -hmm. a guy told me that he said, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to learn to turn that, you know, addictive nature into something constructive. And I thought it was, I was like, that's stupid. I I remember thinking that's like, this is just this really elementary view of this. (laughs) He was a hundred percent right. Like, you know, I I know the way I'm wired and I know I I have a propensity to really mull over things in my head or get obsessive about things. So I mean, like if I can, if I can, if I can channel that in a constructive way, it becomes a tremendous gift. I've really found that. Like I can, if I can, it doesn't mean I've always, I've always been constructive with it or anything, but as I go throughout time, I've learned more and more how to channel some of these things and Mm -hmm. turn what was, you know, honestly like, 
a horror show into something that is productive. <laughs> it's like, it's it's a nice feeling. I mean, it doesn't mean again I'm not perfect with it, or mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to make it sound like any of that because I'm certainly not immune to obsessing over things right. or being negative or unhappy or any of that stuff. But in general, like it's the, that's the exception and not the rule now. Whereas right. before it was the opposite. Yeah. Hmm. So what uh what do you like? What do you do? Because one thing Aaron and I are always super interested in is like, what are you doing outside of a 12 step realm? Like I would assume you exercise regularly. Yep. You, you do some reading. I mean like what, <coughs> yeah, what do you I've, like? That's, to, that's what I mean when like I say an, that I, like when I say that I've, <laughs> that's what I mean when I say that I've, you know, learned to channel some of this stuff. I love to work out. Mm-hmm. I try to stay busy. Um, I really make it a point. I try to go to mass once a week. I try to pray the rosary every day. Hmm. Cause you know, I, I, I like, I, I, as long, I, I just like, I'm, I've got a personality that likes to be doing stuff all the time. And yeah. that was, it was the same way when I was drinking and doing drugs, I wanted to be fucked up all the time. I really yeah. wanted to really push this to the next level. So <laughs> that has never went away and I don't think it ever will. But at this point it's almost like, it's like a gift and that I can say, you know, I'm going to, today I'm going to, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to yoga, then I'm going to write for an hour, then I'm going to walk my dogs, or then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read. And, and I, I just try to make it like discipline, like add mm-hmm. some regiment and discipline into my life. And that that way, you know, it just makes me a happier person, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, Megan always jokes about it because she's like, dude, from the moment you wake up till you go to bed, it's just like, yeah. go, 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 go. She's <clears throat> like, I don't get it. Like you wake up wide eyed and you're ready to go. That's the and, same here, man. And I'm yeah. just like, that's just how I am. Yeah. You know, that's what I do. And I, same thing. It's like yeah. the more positive things I put into exactly. that, it's so much easier to, exactly. to maintain exactly. it. Exactly. But again, there've been, you know, I've had, I've had periods when I've been sober where gosh, it's like, boy, I'm, I'm watching too much TV or I'm really, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, not being social enough or anything like that. So that's one thing I've, I've, I'm serious. Yeah, I've done no, that. Like I, I, I get that. Where I remember, I just... yeah, I, I had a breakup over the summer and I realized to myself, I thought, you know, like I, there there's, I'm neglecting like a social aspect in my yes. life and it's, it's, it's making me, you know, unhappy because I think I'm, you know, I'm just not, it's an area of my life. I'm not really like doing where, where I should be doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So since, since the breakup, I'm like, I'm going to just be more social. I'm going to be doing stuff all the time. I'm going to, somebody wants to hang out. I'm going to say, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, let's go do it. And I've, I've really focused on doing that. And that's added again, so much v- value into my life. And that's what I mean. Like now at, at this point in my life now, like when, when bad stuff happens, like breakups or whatever, it's like, you know, I knew I had a choice then. It's like, I can be miserable or I can, you know, I, I know this is going to be painful or I can make, you know, I can do something constructive and hmm. that's kind of the mindset I've learned through recovery is just like turn something that is ostensibly bad into something that's good just by being, being constructive with it. Yeah. It is really a matter of, right. We go through this and that this, the, the, the book says we get a perspective change, but like that's everything in my life. I've got a couple of ways to look at everything that's going on in my life. And one is the completely self-centered way. And what is this going to do to me and how does this affect me? And then there's an entirely different way to look at things today. Absolutely. It's constructive and positive and like, that's what this deal does for me. Well, it's, yeah, but it's, it, you know, and it's funny to go back to that, the breakup situation. It's like, that was one thing that helped me really step out of myself in a way that was like, I'd never really experienced before because this person was, you know, moving to a foreign country. And it was like, there were some structural reasons why it was obviously not going to work. So it was like, it allowed me to see that really the world doesn't revolve around. It was like a relieving in a way. Cause yeah. it was, like, but then that's, I talked to my sponsor about it and it was like, yeah, he's like, you know, that's what prayer and the program does. And it's just like, 
it's just it's all these little gifts all the time. That's mm-hmm. what I you know that's really what Alcoholics Anonymous is. Is just um, it's just gifts that you don't really expect at like <laughs> you know yeah. I yeah. guess opportune times yeah. that can really help you get through things. Yeah. yeah, you're one of I've been around you for forty minutes. You're one of you're like a very positive. I can tell. I tried, like, yeah, yeah. Is that my, yeah? Is that a focal point? Yeah, I, I think so, say. man. Because you know I've not been that way. Right. I, I know you know, and I I've been negative and I've been miserable to be around, and I just don't want to be that way because I know. I know what that does. I know what that feels like when you're on the receiving end of it. And I don't want to, I don't want to put that kind of stuff into the world. Cause I right. used to all the time. I and mean, it was just constant mad about stuff mm-hmm. and mad at this person and mad at that person. And you know, just mad at this or mad. And it's just, God, I mean, that was just horrible. You know, mm-hmm. no wonder I was getting loaded. All the <laughs> and I've, I've done that in sobriety too. I can't say I haven't done any of that. I've, of mm-hmm. course I have. So I've, yeah, that's something I've really tried to focus on and work on. And yeah, well, and I would think that... Has it been the same for you guys? Yes, and, absolutely. And I would think that for you, like, Megan's big into, like, putting good energy out and good energy comes back, you know? Or, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, yeah and, like, what it like I would think that that pays off for you with just, like, the people you're around and stuff, because... I don't. I mean, like I said, I've known you for forty minutes. I'm like, this dude's the shit, man. <laughs> like, I, I want to hang out with him. You know, so <laughs> it's it's cool. Like, it's nice. And to have you before going through the work, is it the complete opposite, or I, was you know, there? I've some... always had. I guess my personality's. I don't know. I, I like. I, I'm not. Marty mood swing anymore. I would say <laughs> that would be a good way to put it. Yeah. Of course, I used to have these wild, you know, mood swings. I've always generally like to be around people and things like that but i don't you know i guess i think back to the way i used to be and it was probably again it was just you know to steal your nickname marty boots (laughs) yeah i just i can imagine sometimes it was enjoyable to be around me and other times Mm -hmm. like really not enjoyable and yeah i just would prefer to be uh enjoyable to be around absolutely you know yeah true that what about for you same for you guys i mean yeah yeah, I think so. And, and like, um, to your point, you, you talked about, you know, having varied experience is in sobriety and having not been that way. Um, you know, and for people that listen, I know that I had a decent, you know, a couple of years of sobriety and then was back out for a while. And in that first stretch of sobriety, I was, I could be pretty miserable a lot. And uh, I got this idea that I was convinced that the people inside the fellowship were doing it wrong, you know, and I became focused on the faults of others. And I drove, drove myself out of my, out of the rooms through my own self-righteousness. And um, after I had got back and my, I'd been talking to my wife about it and she was like, yeah, I I didn't really like the person you were, (laughs) you know, and that was a guy that was sober and, and I've been there in, just, in some know. work, you know, know. And, and, and so they're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah I, know. I, 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 me and Jeff used to talk about that and like how miserable, like, yeah, that is a really not a good place to no, be. Cause I did it for, I did it for several years myself yeah. where it was just like, you know, like these people are doing it wrong and I can still, I still find myself sometimes thinking that way. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, it's not, I'll caution anybody that thinks that way. Yeah. Like, Man, like I, I get it. There's some there's some allure to that because it kind of separates you and it makes you feel superior. But it really does mm-hmm. it, it does separate you from people, and that's not you yeah. don't want to be you know because you get lonely. I mean, mm-hmm. I've you know I'm yeah. definitely lo- yeah you know of course I separated myself from an entire fellowship. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I uh, how long were you back out for? I always wondered that. A couple years. Yeah, I think it was like. Uh, yeah, a couple of years, two, two and a half. I okay. don't really count. Because I remember we talked on the phone right before, and then it was like, 
And I heard, and it was just, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you hear that. You yeah. Know, it, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard just because, you know, so, you know, I mean, when you, you know that nobody's going to lie, you know, you know, they're not going into anything nice. <laughs> right. like, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. I'm happy for this person. Right. Yeah. Oh, good. Mine yeah. went out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why my sponsor, the first sponsor I had when I got back, like to make the distinguish, the, the, um, Distinguish between the the singular of we, you know, what we were like, what would happen, what we're like now, being I, and not it, because he said it never changes, not for people like us, you know, it is always it. Well, you know? and, and something that you told, like, I remember because I think we even talked about it, and you said something like, you know, like I, I just need to go try it again or whatever, and I, and I always thought to myself like. That to me, like, indicates there's a problem because a normal person, like, I don't think to myself, like, oh, I need to go, I'm gonna go try to have some coffee or something today and see if I can. It, it just doesn't. That's not how, because I don't have a problem with drinking coffee. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, I don't. Right. Like, when if you, if you think to yourself that you even need to like that this is something you need to test that usually that's a red flag to me <laughs> that like, like that. So, you know, like, but it, you know, you're back yeah. and you made it through and yeah. you're wiser for the experience. I'm sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Was I, it pretty, was it pretty bad? I mean, was it? Yeah. I mean, things progressed. So like, um, you know, like early in my career it was a lot of drinking and then late stage, same thing. One thing you really identify <laughs> with what you were talking about is like when I'm doing these opiates, nobody knows like when I'm drinking, everybody knows <laughs> there's though. no mistake. right? <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> but it was easier to, you know, I'm not falling down below. Yeah. You know, towards the end, I was a little falling asleep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to like black out and yeah. stuff, and it was getting ugly. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, it went from you know, same thing. I, I'm, I'm going to control this to I can't believe I'm going through withdrawals again Ugh. to uh, you know hitting the needle again. And then yeah. once that, then that's you know, it's. It, I mean, it was a quick, it was a quick downfall from there. Thankfully, yeah. you know, like that was. Did you go to treatment or anything? I mean, no, actually, uh, you might be the only person in the world I've never told this to. <laughs> yeah, that's a first. Yeah, <laughs> but I went down to Mexico and I did um, ibogaine. I did an ibogaine okay. trip down in Mexico. Okay. It, it uh, scrubs the opiate receptors. Yeah. And then when I got back through a weird series of events, I ended up starting a big book fellowship for drug addicts. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So. No, there, I think there's. Now. Yeah, I think I think that if a person honestly like. My experience with getting off opiates was that I was like in a jail and I had no, so no, it was actually the bet. Cause I mean, I had all this stress because like, oh. because I was like, you know, I had gotten indicted and there was just horrible things going on. So I was like, it was able to, it was like really symbolic in many ways. I was just like <laughs> sweating it out. And I was also, it was just an awful time. Yeah. And it was mm. like, I was trapped in there. I couldn't, I couldn't go. Yeah. I couldn't have gotten anything if I would have even wanted to. Yeah. It was really, you know, it was like really, I think, I think there's some separation required for some of that stuff. Yeah. My Experience. I mean, yeah. I, that's, I do have, I don't, I don't know if this is an entirely different subject. I'm not really a big fan of any of the morphine or, I mean, I'm sorry, right. the, uh, what, what are those? The suboxins. Suboxins and all yeah. that stuff. And, uh, what's the other one called? Bu- Bino- yeah. What, it, well, whatever that, all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not really a big fan of any of that because yeah. it's like, you, you gotta pay, you gotta pay the toll at some yeah. point, yeah. man. You gotta, yeah. the piper wants paid. That's and right. He's going to get paid That's sooner right. or later. So yeah. I think, I think something like Ibogaine or like a cold turkey in a jail or something like yeah. that is really a person's best mm-hmm. option. I found out you had to pay the piper if you're going to do Ibogaine too. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah that's, 
It was well, rough. Nothing's free it was in rough, this world. Man. No. Nothing is no, free in this right. world. No, so. Opiates will teach you that real quick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I detoxed in jail too. And so I'm like, yeah, that's a very symbolic where you're just sitting there shaking and sweating and you're like, oh my God, yeah, this is I don't, so I, miserable. Yeah, that's, I, in, your, I have, in your turtle suit? Yeah, I was on suicide watch okay. when I detoxed. So I was in a spot. Yeah, I was pretty bad. So, yeah. I mean, everyone that has yeah, detox in, yeah. in jail has a good one. You yeah, know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. it's, uh, but yeah, I, I think. I, I don't know, just thinking of that to where it is today, it's just like, God dang, man. Like It's crazy. I can't believe what life is like today, you know? It's no, just it's, insane. No, it's nice, man. This, this program has given me, um, it's given me total freedom. You guys, you guys don't know this, but I have also, um, I've bartended for like five years now for extra money. And then right. like I was telling Aaron, I was going to Europe in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it just allows me to be a member of a community, like, like I'm a valued employee. Like, you know, yes. I just do it on the weekends or whatever, but it's like, I, I, it's allowed me like a modicum of freedom to like, you know, I've, I've consulted with people over this and it's mm-hmm. like, and even the book, I mean, it's like, it's like a, I, I, the guy, when he told me you can be a free man, do anything a free man does. It, he, he meant it. And I mean, if you do yeah. this work, you can really go anywhere and do anything. Yeah. It's, it's allowed me, you know, like to do like be around alcohol and do things yeah. like that and not have urges to drink or not. Yeah. Dr- you know, I mean, it's like a really yeah. it's like a great thing. Like, yes, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's I, I, I that's why I'm so into the big book and the steps, because like otherwise I, I feel like a person is just kind of not experiencing life in a way they should. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I saw you on the book bartending. It was like somebody, one of your coworkers that tagged you in some like Halloween photos or yeah. something. And like, that's how I knew you were still doing the deal. Yeah. <laughs> because you were bartending. That's because <laughs> no. if you weren't. No, that's been. And it's funny. Like I've never like, and it happens all the time. People are like, "Oh, do you want to do a shot?" I say, "I don't drink." And they're, you know, and if, what do you mean you don't drink? I say, yeah, I've been sober for ten years, and they'll be like, "Are you sick?" You know, they're. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never had anybody. I've never had anybody like talk shit or like try to pressure me. Or yeah. What, it, I mean, they're people are cool about it. Like, oh, that's really nice. Like, yeah. how does that work? I'm like, well, you just it's a job. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every it's always in it's always in the in the head where people are going to react poorly to you not drinking. But they don't. I've yeah. never people are suppo- never people are supportive. They're not like I've, yeah. I've never had I've, again I've never had anybody be like oh right. like like they're like oh that's really cool like you know. I'll usually just joke it off and be like trust me it's good for the both of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I say. They say you know, they say, like, you, know and yeah. you know I guess if I you know I had. I was talking to a girl a few weeks ago. She said, why don't you drink? And I just said, well, it's just, you know, alcohol is really not for everybody. And mm-hmm. I'm in that, I'm in the category it's, it's not for. And I, you know, like, yeah, it's like, it just doesn't, no, we and don't, we don't make, yeah. Yeah. I've never had a negative experience where they're like, are you fucking, you know, it's like, yeah, cool, man. Right on. And they just go about their day. They yeah. Don't care. People are, they got other things to focus <laughs> on. They don't give one fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. they, they don't. The, when you realize that in life, that people really don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. It gets so much easier. Yes, it like, does. They're not, yeah. they're not focused on me. They're not, nope. not they got, they got their own life yep. and their own thing. Yeah. Like, yep. like, you know, this making this all about yourself. Just yeah. Really. So you're going to Europe. Are you doing like a, a few different places or what yeah, are you I'm doing going to there? Germany, Poland, uh, Lithuania, then Latvia. Wow. That's one thing I've really gotten into over the last, uh, really being, is traveling as mm-hmm. much as possible. If I can go somewhere, I'll, I'll do it. Just Heck yeah. Experience do you, life. Do you speak any of those languages? No. Okay. I don't. I don't. They speak a lot of English. Oh, yeah. Okay. When I get, I'm sure when I get into like Lithuania and Latvia, I'll probably have to be using Google translate. But yeah. Yeah. When you're in like Germany and Poland, they speak a lot of English, especially in the larger cities. Okay. Yeah. Most of those places you're fine. That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Megan and I do a good amount of traveling. Do you? Too. Nice. Yeah. We, we were in Mexico oh, and that's what I was okay. thinking about was like, we were in Mexico Every single place you go, they're offering you drinks, and yeah. and and we're like, oh no, we don't drink, and they're like, 
what are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I remember when I was in Europe, I was in, I was in Italy last year and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I was like, you know, if I, I remember having a thought, like, you know, if I, you know, like I was just like, if I was drinking, none of this, like it would be, I'd get arrested or something horrible would happen. I mean, it wouldn't be like something awful would happen if Mm -hmm. I was here. I mean, I just know how I am. I was in New Orleans for a conference a few weeks ago and I remember walking, you guys ever been to New Orleans? No, it's on my list. I want to go. It is truly off the hook. I mean, yeah. they don't, they just don't care. Yeah. They truly, yeah. Bourbon, like, but I remember walking down Bourbon Street and I was like, man, like, like they don't, you can literally do whatever you want. Nobody cares. And I was like, man, I would, I would get arrested. Yeah. There's no question. <laughs> Bad I would idea be, for be a in place. a New Orleans jail if I, if I was here. Cause I would just, I would take something like this and go to the next level. Yeah. yeah. There's Always. no question. Hmm. Like I just, like when I travel now, it's like, I, I can be about my wits. I don't. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, it just would have been, oh my God, I can't even yeah. fathom I, the things that would happen. I think we're going to go to Peru in, nice. in September, and but we were deciding between Peru or Spain. Have you been to either one? I'll be, I'm going to, I'm going to Portugal and Spain this okay. upcoming summer. Cool. So, yeah, you'll yeah. have to let me know if you liked it. Yeah, we're, I'll let you, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'll tell anybody, man, if you, if you got the means or whatever, if you can, if you can make it work, I, I would, I would suggest travel just because, you know, life is really meant to be lived. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, life is meant to be lived. 100%. Because I've done a whole lot, you know, like you guys. He's I've, not a traveler. <laughs> I've, I've done a whole lot of, you know, sitting in by myself, drunk yeah. or high, looking out windows, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sitting there being lonely or right. miserable. I've done plenty of that and I don't want to do that anymore. So Picking through the carpet. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but even, you know. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys in sobriety about this, where it's like you get sober and you don't have friends. Yeah. You have to really restart. Yeah. I've, I've, when I moved back to Laramie, man, I had a, I had a, I had a rough year where I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't have friends. My old way of meeting people was not really gonna work. And I, <laughs> I but I, but I just knew I was just gonna have to ride that out. I just knew that you know it eventually would get better, and I was gonna have to just be lonely. And I, I probably did get pretty miserable at per- certain times or depressed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I. I just remember feeling some of those feelings. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, Jeff used to always talk to me about enduring hardship. Yeah, and like, that's me just and Jeff what it talk, is. That's what me and yeah. Jeff. That's one thing that me and you know me and Jeff knew each other in a previous life, obviously. But since getting sober, we knew and we had a lot of the same experiences. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of wired the same in a lot of ways. And yeah. I mean, I, I know that. Um, I know that he's got had some of those experiences with loneliness and those things. Too. Yeah. And I'll tell anybody in sobriety like that's you, you're the one that has to take care of that though. You can't yeah. expect people are gonna you know, know that you're sitting by yourself in your house struggling. Like they're not going to know that. So you got to have to, you got to reach out or you got to take, it's just like working the steps. You got to take action. Exactly. Make some friends to, you know, get more involved with the program or just do things outside of, um, you know, to get yourself out of yourself. Yeah. Participate in life again. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, was it the same for you guys? Oh, I mean, yeah, big time. Because you, you've always been married, so you've always kind of had that. And that's what I was thinking. I, I've been fortunate that I have a wife that, you know, I think marriage sometimes just in society as a general gets a bad rap, but I, I've had a wife that I actually enjoy yeah. being around. Yeah, and she's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she's the best. And, and so we're, we are sort of besties, and so um, yeah. it's like, yeah, so... I haven't had to experience that same level of loneliness because I get to be around the person I want to be around the most all day anyway. So yeah. I haven't had to experience that, you know, but I've had, I have had, you know, like 
when I was drinking, I had a lot of buddies, you know, I, I hung out in a large group of, of guys and, and now my friend's circles consist of about three people. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm okay with that. You know, like, um, I had the realization several weeks ago as there was somebody that I'm friends with on Facebook that's in the fellowship down in Northern Colorado mm-hmm. and, and they were having a big, uh, like a movie on the back of their house. It was the summer, you know, and they were putting the projector up and having a big fellowship yeah. deal. And I was like, Oh man, I should probably be doing something like that and hosting fellowship events. And then I was like, but that guy might like people more than I do. So. Yeah, you might, yeah, you might not want all those people at your house. Yeah, yeah. I got to find my role too, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And if my fellowship circle is pretty small, then that's okay with yeah. me today. I don't have to, like I, I've, I've done this thing where I made the 12-step program too big a part of my life. I, I did the same thing yeah. too. You got to find guys. It was taken up every weekend. Yes. I had no spare. I couldn't yep. travel because yep. I had a, I had a commitment every yep. weekend. I know that. Yeah. It was too much. The guy mm-hmm. told me that a long time. He'd been sober for 30 years. He said, you know, in this program, you're going to, you're There's going to be times when you go to five, when you're doing five meetings a week, there's going to be times you're doing one meeting a week. He's like, just know that you got to, it's going to change over time. Like your needs are going to grow. They're going to change. Your life's going to kind of take, I mean, it's just, you got to figure out how to live life because again, I think we're wired in a way where it's like, man, I'm going to throw it. And the book even talks about that. Like, you know, like we're, we're just, we're just, we're reading to the employer when it talks about like the guy who they'll do one of two things. They'll throw themselves into business oh, or they'll yeah. throw themselves in, you know, into yeah. God. And it's like one or the, it's like these, these traits are not going to go away. Yeah, so like, right. I think it is a matter of trying to manage them in a healthy way. Yeah. That's, that's like the best stuff today that I get out of just like when I meet with sponsees or whatever, when we're through the work, we're still meeting regularly and just talking about life shit and how to solve it in a spiritual way and finding, I hate the term balance, but like, you know, like it's like, well, cause I'm just, I'm like you said, I'm wired to a point where like I'm into extremes. If I'm yeah. into it, like I'm all the way into yeah. it. And that's been AA at times. That's been my relationship <laughs> at times. Yep. That's been work at times, yep. you know, and it's like, that's exercise at times. And so now it's like trying to figure out a way where I can actively participate in all of my life, but not run it to the ground, you know, run it till the wheels fall off Absolutely. is like where the sweet spot is <clears throat> for me today. And so I kind of am in this constant place of like, Oh, reel this in or you know just go with it i'm you know i've been working a boatload the last couple of months and it's just kind of like this is going to mellow out but i kind of just got to ride with what's Mm -hmm. coming and i don't know that's to me that's like seems like pretty normal but for me it's kind of a it's kind of like i have to be cautious you have to to learn how to do these things yeah none of us knew how to live before that's all i mean yeah it doesn't i mean yeah geez just look at how we used to be yeah exactly yeah Yeah, I was uh, one thing we had a a guest Dan on several weeks ago that talked about being maladjusted from his farthest memory in life. He was maladjusted, you know, and like that's sort of my experience. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how other people experience life, but I always felt awkward and maladjusted from a young age. And I was mood swing Marty back before I ever was an employee of a place. You know, I just have these insane outbursts you know as a child even and so like nothing quite ever until you know i found that alcohol and then those opiates to soothe my soul and then Mm -hmm. you know obviously we know what that story ends like but yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. oh yeah go ahead ahead. no please uh so like i don't know kyle and i like i used to uh I, i i have a i have a fortunate position at least with my job where 
I don't know how to say this. It doesn't require just a ton of deep thought. We'll put it that way. Yeah, sure. Okay. And so, uh, and, and my hand, I have, I have the ability to listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of books while mm-hmm. I'm at work and still be able to do my job successfully. And so I listen to a lot of books these days and Kyle reads a lot. And, yeah, same. and, and so, yeah, we like to sort of ask our guests, you know, what, like what you're reading or what, either spiritual or otherwise, like what, what sort of, yeah, I don't know your interest yeah on. yeah i've you know i found I'd, I'd recommend this guy to anybody he's a french author his name's michelle welbeck and he writes um you know these books his books are i think controversial in some in many ways but he, he does a he's fairly negative and he writes a lot about like kind of like the really the negative aspects of the modern world you know mm. like atomization like relationship problems i mean it's just it's it, i would i would recommend him i just finished his newest book called serotonin um he's a french guy his name is michelle welbeck um i can it's it's kind of hard to spell mm-hmm. if, if I, can, I can i can text him that i i read i i read a lot i try to read about a book a week yeah wow I've done that for a long time and like that's really good I read a lot um i like to read a lot of history books yeah. for fiction i you know i'm Fiction authors I like would be, geez, again, Michelle Welbeck. I like Nabokov. I like um, Cormac McCarthy. I like, I like, I like things. You know, I like. I've I've always liked things that are kind of dark. Mm-hmm. I like authors that are, you know, write about things. I, I mean, have you guys read any Cormac McCarthy? Mm-hmm. Nope. Have you, have you seen No Country for Old Men? Yeah. He, he's the author of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he writes some. Was, I mean, there's. Yeah. They're they're very dark books in, yeah. in, in, in many ways, but I, I really like to I, I really like to read him. Um, Geez, I, I, I read so much. It's hard to even. Yeah, it sounds like a, a book a week. I, I, that's a lot. On average, sometimes I do, sometimes I do less. I'm, I'm just, geez, I'm, I'm right in the middle of, book, of a book right now on um, the, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know about this. The Soviets starved to death like 10 million Ukrainians mm-hmm. um, right after, right before World War II started. And this book is called, um, it was called the Terror Famine. This book is called I can't remember what the name of it. It's written by Robert Conquest, and it's about that. It's pretty, you know. If I see there's a really good used bookstore in Laramie. If I if I yeah. go there and I see a book, I buy it. I go to Phoenix Used Books every time mm-hmm. I'm in Cheyenne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, I leave with five or six <laughs> books. So yeah. I just if I see something that's interesting, I, I just uh, you know I've always been really intellectually curious. I like to read about different subjects and that's awesome. Different. Yeah. What about you guys? I do a lot of. Spiritual reading and okay. a lot of like uh, podcasts that okay. have like an intellectual nature. Okay. So, okay. Um, like, I just re-listened to the Untethered Soul again. That's the so one. That's okay. It's great. It's a Check spiritual that one okay. that talks uh, just good insight. Um, that's probably the most recent one that I read as I listened to that over the last two weeks again. So, and then I do a lot of. I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about what that famine you're talking about. Okay, interesting. And, and it came. This was talking about socialism and how socialism ended up leading to that famine and stuff. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was, so. it was, it was really. I mean, it was, it's it's just. I mean, like they like between seven and ten million people yeah. basically starved to death. I mean, that's. I mean, that's just. It's insane. Uh, it's, it's in, I, yeah. I can't even fathom something like mm-hmm. that. It's just horrible. Yeah, so. the horrors. Yeah, that's it's what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just still even 
I try to be positive, but I've always had kind of a propensity toward yeah, it's just towards to offset the darkness. darkness. Like, your yeah. personality yeah. is to offset your reading yeah. habits. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What man. about you? Are you, I mean, do you do you do most of, books of the on tape or? Yeah, yeah. I listen. I have an Audible account, nice. so that's mostly okay, because cool. I don't know how I'd have time to read really, but so but I do have plenty of time to listen to books and on podcasts. Nice. Most of the stuff I was looking at it yesterday. Most of it was like on nonfiction stuff, like. Uh, there's a book called The Social Leap that I really liked that I listened to last year. Yeah, that was who wrote that? that Von Hippel. Von Hippel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, sort of books along those lines. And okay. then um, uh, we, uh, there was a David, these two books by these Navy SEALs. One was David Goggins' book. And then another one was a guy by a guy named Jocko Willink. I do, I've listened to his podcast before. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I actually teach here, and I've had, I had a student recommend that to me, and I kind of listened to some, and it was good. I mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, but then I got, t- I just want to be entertained at some point because I was like, some, I, I bought some to listen to, like a book about sleeping, and then uh, that book, Sapiens. And then I just was having a hard time staying interested, and I just wanted to just sort of zone, zone out, out and be yeah. entertained. And Jordan Peterson had just, posted a list of 50 books that he'd recommended everyone to read. And I was just scrolling through there and for some reason, Wuthering Heights stuck out. And so mm-hmm. I downloaded it the other day you and wrote listened, that Bronte, right? Yeah, yeah. And listened to it all day yesterday and got about eight hours. It took me about four hours to get used to the dialect and <laughs> yeah. the, the language of the times. <laughs> I might have to go back to read list. It's not like having a book yeah. that I can just keep pouring over the same page 15 times. Yeah, I know the feeling. You, know? <laughs> you said Michelle Welbeck? Michelle Welbeck. All right, yeah, I'm going to check yeah, that out. Yeah, he's a French author. He's, I, you know, his books are really dark and I remember I, like, <laughs> I this girl's like, give me a good book to and I was like, oh, you know, this is really his only book that has any kind of happiness in it. So I gave it to her. But I had forgotten that there's like all this weird stuff about like group sex in there. And I had like totally forgotten all this She's stuff. She's like, what are you insinuating? I literally, that's what, I, that's what she said. And I was like, no, I don't, I'm not into that. Like, it's just, it's like the only book he has that there's, there's like any happiness involved. So I gave it to her. Like, it was really funny. Oh, that's good, man. So yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I like, yeah, I just definitely, it's something that I've always liked to do and it's been, you know, it just adds such value to my life. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you guys are the same. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. We're w- over an hour in, Are man. Are we really? Aaron, Holy cow. Do you have yeah. anything else that you want to throw out there before we wrap up? No, I just want to thank you for no, like, thank uh, you guys. sitting yeah. down with us. Uh, <coughs> it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just another example of the you know, the power of God and the power of the, the, this program. What, what happens when we're in action is your story, and that's exactly what we were trying to tell with this podcast right mm-hmm. so thanks yeah. for sitting yeah no thank us. you guys i'm yeah I'm, i i really appreciate you guys like dry, do, doing the drive over and Hell all that yeah. stuff and absolutely I mean, yeah i definitely was this was a really good time yeah it was great you're the epitome of the type of guests we're looking for guys that are living life participate in 12 step have a whole life going on it was awesome so thanks for well thank you being yeah and honest I, I owe it and all to god and good sponsorship I, man yeah. that's really that's yeah. it awesome thank you so much Perfect. yeah